G'day guys, welcome back to another Crypto Catch-Up. I'm your host Ted and I'm joined by the great man, Pav Hundo. Hey mate, how you doing? Good thanks mate. Pav, I've got a little thing to share with the listeners. I learned this last weekend that you are one of the great dancers. <laughs> you were hitting those moves like a no tomorrow. Mate, you were pretty good yourself, not too bad. Yeah, I was having a crack, but mate, I, you know... I'm young. I, uh, I'm oh, a bit more limber. On. I'm a bit more limber. Oh, I was I was expecting you to pull out your back or something. <laughs> I think you pulled yours out. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I woke up the next, uh, to preface, SwiftX had their Christmas party this year and it was very enjoyable, but I woke up the next morning feeling a bit worse for wear and also with a very sore back and I was thinking back, what could I have done to my back? Yeah, gee, I wonder. Maybe try to lift a certain someone twice your size. <laughs> yeah. All, all back. No I knees. think, yeah, I lifted Pav up at one point and I clearly didn't use my legs, used only my lower back. So yeah. uh, I paid the, the ultimate price for yeah. that, didn't I? That's it. Live and you learn, right? That's it, Pav. But mate, some interesting things happening in the market. What are your thoughts at the moment? Yeah, how good was yesterday? Well, it depends how good you were sitting, I guess. But sort of massive wash yesterday. So a lot of people might be sort of scratching their heads. How could this happen? What was this? Who's the insider at the government doing this? Uh, it was actually all the degenerates out in the world, unfortunately. So what we have here is a graphic that shows the liquidations. So this is specifically around derivatives. So people betting long, betting short, putting up margin. At a certain point, a lot of these bettors, uh, they lose their position if they're wrong. And what we saw was a bunch of people chasing the upside that we have been seeing in the markets the last couple of days. And lo and behold, 455 mil, just liquidated in long side exposure. So just to give everyone a bit of a visual of what that looks like, this is a, a liquidation heat map. So this is a really good resource if you want to chuck it uh, into your favorites. Coinglasses.com is the website. It's all free. Mm -hmm. But essentially, these lines, are a hue of sort of blue to yellow as they get more yellow and intense, the, the larger the notional value at those price ranges. So we kind of see that this sort of narrative was building that as the market was rallying into the weekend, everyone was just leveraging long, leveraging long, leveraging long until at a certain point, there was just so much liquidity if the price went down that it was just going to cause a sort of waterfall, this sort of cascade, this sort of massive stop hunt. Stop right there. Notion yeah. of value. People don't know what that means. Explain just it. dollar value. So let's say if the market were to go here, um, you know, everyone always thinks about, oh, the whales are buying the dip. Mm -hmm. So if you're a whale, you need to have sellers to be able to buy the dip, right? Mm -hmm. So not saying this was inc like incited by any whales out there, but... Uh, it, it essentially just creates a massive magnet for price, essentially. Like okay. it, yeah. a healthy order flow and like market and like liquidity engineering will, will always go this way. It will always go to the point of too many people are on one side of the seesaw, yeah. uh, knock them out. And um, what we're now seeing is like obviously price consolidate. We're at a point now where we can even start to see a lot of people betting the market going down from here. So we can see a whole heap around 44 to 45K, the exact same thing building on the opposite side. So okay, be, so mm. let's let's break this down. So yeah. Bitcoin's currently sitting what at about forty two, forty two thousand, and these you know blue and yellow lines that you're pointing out to for the listeners, they're sitting yeah. at about forty, forty four to forty five, forty four. So that's kind of where we're targeting right now. Could be, could be. Like it'll take a bit of time, I feel, for the market to sort itself out. But I, I think if we look at like a technical perspective, uh, we did hit into like this monthly area quite nicely, and there was obviously a fair bit of profit taking. And now we're bouncing off of 
essentially like a uh, what we call like an order block uh, from way back on the left in April 2022. So. For this to hold for the bulls, we kind of want to see this one just go sideways, even for a little while before maybe trekking higher and starting to, you know, set in that mid-cycle high. Mm -hmm. uh, or this could be it, and we start to track down. I think if we start to lose any area or any ground here, it's not going to look good for the bulls. But I mean, at the moment, the the momentum's just so strong. Even the weekly closes, like we, it, it, it doesn't look too ominous just yet but i would say it's kind of teeing up nicely the story of the altcoin situation at the moment so if we look at like total three which is it, it may sound complicated but it's essentially the total market cap of the altcoins that are out there mm. we're starting to see the swing up now and you know i can just show you this and i can show you the bitcoin chart and you can just sort of see like when there's big open space price tends to want to fill that space right so that you can see like Total three is probably only just starting to move compared to what Bitcoin's done in the last couple of months. So, yeah. you know, it's reasonable to think that we could see a bit of a rally across altcoins for the next few weeks, maybe next few months before yeah. we've talked about it before a pre halvening correction. You know, it may or may not come, uh, but this kind of sets up the story for there might be more upside before that wicked slap to the downside. So it's an exciting week. Um, and then lastly, just to finish. This is the last big macro news event for the calendar year. So a lot of corners of the globe releasing their final GDP, CPI, uh, interest rate announcements for the year. I know here on shore we had ours last week and the RBA decided to hold rates as well. So hopefully no surprises here because anything here that comes out of the left field could throw a bit of a dampener on the current rally that we have been seeing in the markets. So nothing's expected to look out of the ordinary. So just something we're keeping an eye on this week. Um, I'd expect a lot of volatility starting tonight. So yep. by the time the listeners get this, it's too late. So sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> I saw um, before I kind of give my thoughts on the market, I saw recently that oh, yeah? gold's at an all-time high. It's like, God, yeah. it had a massive spike. So what do you make of that and its relation to the, the macro markets at the moment, Pav? Uh, so there is, I'm not going to be able to find it now. I wish you gave me time to prep. There's Sorry, actually, bro. I got I to gotta throw it at you. It's a, it's a nice little flow chart that talks about, you know, the cyclic nature of uh, markets and how they tend to flow between, you know, on risk into the stocks, um, you know, you then get inflation you get rising interest rates which then you see like commodities start to boom so like oil then you start to see things like gold and silver start to go up and then you start to see bonds go down and then you start to see stocks and go so it's like almost like a bit of a macro wave multi-year cycle so run me through that again so it's uh commodities well, yeah so there's, let's look at this even right so yeah. the last run we have was you know that 2018 to 2020 so mm -hmm. this was gold during that period yeah, so, yeah 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 so we saw like a, a pretty big steep rise in 2018 to 2020 uh -huh. uh, on gold um which you know it's it's not to say that that's what runs the market at, in any way shape or form but it's you know gold doing well means that it's kind of setting up historically speaking a good platform for crypto to do well yeah so that's showing that gold had this huge run up from 2018 to 2020 yeah. end of 2020 is kind of when we saw the the crypto bull market right so, so yeah, you, see you see gold gold go. kind of platter yeah, yeah plateau. So gold going first is a good thing okay cool yeah. and i and guess 2020 right here same sort of similar thing so 2021 and then yeah. 2020 as well and uh and we're at an all-time high at the moment aren't we all-time so, high baby good news good news
Mate, I wanted to take a bit of a more of a fundamental approach to, you know, the thoughts on the market this week. So Bitcoin's up 160% year to date, right? Huge. Um, and we're seeing huge institutional inflows. I know like the whole meme about, oh, institutions are coming, ETFs is, you know, getting a bit old, but like there is merit. It, there's merit there, right? Mm. So in terms of this report by CoinShares on, you know, institutional injection into crypto, 90% of that is into Bitcoin. Mm. So it just shows there's like, huge appetite for Bitcoin and, yep. you know, not a huge risk appetite for altcoins. That's with institutions. Obviously, we're seeing something a little bit different with the retail market, I guess, uh, seasoned traders like yourself, Pav. Oh, it's just smaller bags. You can't really buy billions of dollars worth of... Not yet. Not yet. A poo coin. Not yet. Um, but at the same time, from that retail market, we are seeing, you know, signs of, of a bull market. We are, you know, we are. We've just seen Bonk, Solana's kind of answer to the Shiba Inu meme yeah, coin. It's up 900% in the last 30 days. So it just, it just goes to show that risk appetite is growing. I saw something recently that was saying, you know, this recent rally is, is not created by the retail markets, more created by crypto natives, like, you know, yourself and I who are getting more confident in the market. So I kind of wanted to bring up this Google search trends chart, which kind of shows you the search volume for both the search term crypto and Bitcoin. And as you can see, that's over the last five years. So back in 2021, you're seeing huge spikes in search volume for both those terms. And then it's been downhill ever since. But I guess we're kind of on the come up now, but kind of like I was saying before, that retail market isn't really back in. I know like talking around my friends and my kind of circle. No one's really got huge appetite for crypto. It's more people like you and I, like people who work at SwiftX, you know, people in that kind of sphere that mm. are interested. People that are early still. Exactly, exactly. And I think that chart kind of shows it. Like we are still very early. Mm -hmm. But another thing, I think you picked this up before, Pab, is that the crypto term here lags the Bitcoin term. So Bitcoin runs first and then crypto follows that. How fitting. What do you reckon? What do you make of that? It's good. It's like, I, I definitely sets the narrative of it still early days. Like, uh, we're still at the point where any rally people are hating because they're like uh, mm. having serious FOMO. But then when the markets are going down, like we're seeing now, everyone's getting super bearish saying Bitcoin back to 10K. Yeah. So that's kind of like thinking about the cycle and what's happened before. It's, it's the less probable outcome. Like anything's possible, but it's just mm -hmm. less probable. Yeah. So it still tells me that we're not getting to the point where everyone's just chasing just yet. Cause that's when I get worried that there's going to mm -hmm. be something like we saw a 10% correction. Imagine a 30% correction on Bitcoin. And that could be like yeah. a 60% drop on some altcoins. Oh, even more. Yeah. Cause we even saw Bitcoin, like we said, took a slap, went down about nine to 8%, but most altcoins dropped anywhere from 20 to 40%. So yeah. it, was it was a pretty, pretty big drop. Yeah, cool. I wanted to bring up another little stat as well. So from 2010 to 2022, uh, when Bitcoin is up over 50% um, up until October from the start of the year, which okay. we are currently, yep. there is a 78% chance that Bitcoin will advance even more into the end of the year. Hey, that's good. So I like that one. we're looking at the, the Santa Claus rally is what they call it. Yeah. Um, and I like, like I know, Pav, you said there's, there's a good chance we could get a bit more of a pullback. We've started to kind of see that currently. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think the big one might come near the ETF release. Mm, yeah. so I feel like that's the catalyst that'll get everyone in, but also give a good opportunity for some people that have been holding for quite some time to probably get out because the yeah. market might be a bit more liquid back uh, in the future. You think it's going to be a sell the rumor, sorry, buy the rumor, sell the news? I'm going to play it that way personally, but I can also see a situation where it just doesn't come back. Yeah. Like who knows, right? But yeah. I think I showed it last a few episodes ago, I probably should, could pull it up again, but like we have an election year next year mm -hmm. and election years are nothing but up. Um, yeah. 
it's Q1 is the pullback. And this is like averaged out over 20 years. Pullback in Q1. And then from there, it just advances and climbs until December that year. Yeah. So yeah. it's not a bad setup. No, I like it. And um, looking at the quarterly returns on Bitcoin over the last few years. So we're currently sitting at about 55% up in Q4 this year. Looking back at the last cycle, which, you know, if you're going back to four years, we're looking at 2019. We actually had a down quarter of 13%. But I also want to go back even further. The cycle before that to 2015 is where we had about an 80%, 82% up quarter. So I think if you're, if you're trying to compare this cycle to a previous cycle, that 2015 is probably looking the most likely, obviously yep. early days, but um, at this point, that's looking like the case. So I'm kind of keeping my eye on like what happens in the next quarter as well. Correct. So like in 2016 Q1, what happened there? Down 3%. Down 3%. Okay, so we might have a flat month before, you know, that Bitcoin halving yep. kicks in, but obviously we've got other catalysts like the ETF. Correct. Yep. And uh, well, yeah, it, it, nothing, I hate this. I hate, I'm not hate saying this. It's not the same, mm -hmm. but you know, it does rhyme. So, oh, okay, okay. There you go, Pav. So, yeah, expect something to happen. But I think still, I think we still touched on it. Like, it probably is early days if you've got a longer mindset on this. Yeah. If you're a degenerate trading 100x, getting liquidated on a eight percent move on Bitcoin, you're probably going to be pretty stressed out. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, exactly. power to you, but. Let's uh let's dive into some top movers. Let's go. Got the bubbles back. Got the bubbles back. So for anyone listening, we've got this new visual on our YouTube channel. Uh, shows you, you know, the bubbles of the top performing altcoins in the crypto market. Top one hundred um, for the week. Top one hundred for the week. It's a really good indication of like what narratives there are out in the market. Yep. So Pav, what are we seeing? Yeah, see a lot of infrastructure tokens. See some stinkers. Uh, I'll call BTT a stinker. Um, BitTorrent. BitTorrent. Yep. Yeah, that's up one hundred ninety percent, leading the way. Um, HNT, I've been a fan of HNT. I just regret not having invested. Mm. Um, so Helium. Helium. They've, um, basically looking at a way to decentralize mobile networks. Yep. And they essentially, instead of you becoming like a, a staking validator node, just confirming transactions, you're actually like a, a 5G tower. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You actually have to buy the hardware. So can you identify as a 5G tower? Yes, sure. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, well done. Uh, but um, Thanks, they also migrated to the Solana network too. So I think that's yeah. great, even from an ecosystem play, because capital rotates. So if you see a layer one like Solana performing, I would then be looking at what are the key projects within that ecosystem. And mm -hmm. is that project then outperforming Solana? Yep. And HNT is case in point for that one. It's doing wonderful things. So. And something maybe a little bit... And bonk as well. <laughs> and bonk. But I just want to stick on uh, HNT for a sec. Yeah. Might be a bit more digestible than what you just mentioned is they've just launched an affordable mobile plan in, mm. the, in the US. Yep. So you can get like a $20 mobile phone plan, which is pretty good. I know I spend... I mean, we're talking USD here, but I spend more than that. And you I really? they said the average in the US for a mobile phone plan was like over 100 bucks. That's nuts. So... Be right. I spend like 30 bucks. How much are you spending? Well, mate, that's you've only got like 500 megabytes of <laughs> of internet. <laughs> yeah, so so what other trends are we, are we seeing here? So I'm seeing um, a pretty big one is gaming infrastructure. Yes. So the big news to come out sort of this week, maybe last week, was the partnership between Polygon, Immutable X, mm. and Beam. 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 Um, so they're pretty, they're huge names in gaming, right? Polygon's yeah. a huge name in general. Immutable's one of the biggest names in gaming. And yep. then Beam's one of those up and comers. Yep. So we've talked about like the gaming narrative being huge in this next cycle. I think they're probably yep. best positioned to kind of dominate that market yep. given like their experience. 
Um, Beam has the lowest market cap, so it, out of those three, is running the hottest. It's up 43% in the last week, and I know just this year it's it performed incredibly well. So Yeah, good to see, good to see. But yeah, otherwise, again, it's just more infrastructure tokens for me. Like The one thing I did note with the recent dip we had, Optimism came absolutely flying out the gates. It was up, I think, like 14%. So one to pay attention to like maybe not optimism specifically but there might be a further rotation around maybe layer two is coming uh be watching arbitrum uh, as well to see if it does anything similar but otherwise i can't see too much else other than yeah avax is one um i was lucky enough to catch it um gave me chills of 2021 so Solanovax, it was dubbed on Twitter back then, mm. um, dubbed again. But essentially, last cycle when Solana was running, there was a capital rotation. Well, it seemed that way um, into AVAX. So we're seeing that again. So Solana was up like, what, 200 and something percent. And then once it sort of took a breath, AVAX, now that's up Yeah, pretty close to like 150 percent. So or you're similar. saying they're like indirectly linked? Same sort of concept, layer one, right? Yeah. So it's just high, high market cap too, but it's just a pattern that was pronounced last cycle that like projects similar market cap one's around the other hasn't boom like yeah. that's that's pretty much as simple as it is um, and bonk i think we got to call out bonk like 900 percent last 30 days or something it doesn't like that. look like it's gonna stop but i mean how the hell do you catch it's something ridiculous. like that oh, they still got a coinbase listing that's rumored so coinbase not on binance either not on any uh, of those major kind of retail exchanges so i think that would send it even hotter yeah um, i think you're right and could be board right. ape your club just released like a bonk themed oh, uh, nft have you checked them out yet no but yeah. like it's all happening right like it's, yeah it's the it's boiling over like, it's, it's the new getting... hot like yeah. meme trend right yeah it's got everything it's got like the solana narrative yeah uh, it's got the dog theme thing so and i know everyone's calling for bonk to flip shiba so we'll see what happens well it's already flipped pepe yeah, Pepe was kind of like the meme of the of the bear market. Yeah, and uh, doesn't seem to be much heat around that. Not at much moment. love for the frogs lately. Give it time. Give it yeah, time. Give I it like time. Pepe the frog. Um, lastly, just more one to point out to people that's of interest. Injective here, it's up fifty eight percent. But I know a lot of people may look at something like a bubble chart like this and think, yeah, well that's that's great. But how the hell am I supposed to find value in in something like this? Like, how am I supposed to find where there's opportunity? And Injective is like a really good example of how you can find a project that's doing well and actually from a price perspective, priced in some pretty decent levels. So mm -hmm. in a bear market, turning into bull market, doing valuations against Bitcoin can be really good in terms of finding projects that are going to bounce really, really hard. So mm -hmm. something like Injective just last week closed above its previous all-time high against its Bitcoin pair. So usually that's that's a pretty strong sign. And as a result, you know, even today it's up 30%. So if we look at like the, the dollar valuation, it responds Crazy, way stronger. Right? Um, so it's up 54% literally in the last couple of weeks. And even this week alone, it's 24%. So all I would say is like, if you're doing any sort of screening, just be looking at like the Bitcoin valuation. Is it sort of getting past what it was in the last bear market? If mm -hmm. so, it's probably likely going to start moving with a bit of velocity. Uh, okay. Price discovery is what it's called. Okay, so when you're in a charting platform like TradingView. You can use CoinGecko too. CoinGecko, so you, yeah, yeah. You, can, you can just, instead of like valuing things in USD, you value it in BTC yep. and, and you look for like similar things. There's usually like a filter called percent distance from all time high mm -hmm. or, or something similar like that to that effect. But yeah, because I know sometimes we talk about these top movers and it's like, it can be a bit trivial. Like how the hell do I then get onto something? Like yes. this, this is a good way to like, from a price perspective, find value so can you just go to the yearly top movers there in the top on here? left yeah just yeah, kind of want to see what trends played out this year 
Injective. So, yeah, Injective's <laughs> been huge, as you can see. Solana, Casper, Solana, Rambex. So, these are all, again, I think most of them in all-time highs against BTC. I know Cas is, because right, it hasn't got too much of a history. Yeah. Um, Injective as we go now. But, yeah, that's um, that's a good-looking list of things, isn't it? What do you What do you see from that? Strong projects, I guess, in a bear to bull market. So, I'd probably keep watching them. Mm -hmm. Specifically, the ones that have an ecosystem around them. So, Rune, AVAX, uh, IMX uh stx they're all blockchain like sort of layer ones to some degree if not layer two um yeah. so that's what i'd be on my watch list and i'd sort of say cool well this is wrong this is popped let's look at what's inside those ecosystems mm -hmm. as a step two next year maybe and see what's what's a good project what's got a good team what's got good growth and yep. that's probably how you find your next rotation and casper's gone crazy this year hey yeah, it's been it's been dominating yeah i unfortunately hold the other casper <laughs> The, the one starting from with last C. year yeah, oh, yeah i got on the ico back in like 2021 or something yep, yep, yep. and um did stupid well and then just came crashing down yeah that's that's how she goes mate yeah it's all right wouldn't worry about too much uh what do we got here Mate, let's dive into some headlines. So this one we got Van X, so a massive tradfi company. They do ETFs as well, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so the one I've got the ETH ETF, I think, in the states, and they're having trouble yep. with people buying it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Interesting. So they've one of their lead analysts has made some interesting predictions on both Ethereum and Solana. So he reckons that Solana is going to eat into Ethereum's market cap next year. Oh yeah. I guess not really surprising given all the things that have come out this year. Yep. Um, projects are moving to Solana, like Helium. Yep. There just seems to be more hype around Solana at the moment. Mm -hmm. Also, they've given a very, very big range of like the the price prediction on Solana. So yeah, what was with that? It was, okay, so the bearish scenario, I don't know if it's listed in this article, but the bearish yeah. scenario was about $9 something, right? Yeah. Where it like crashed to after the FTX thing. Pretty much, yeah. The bullish, and this is by 2030, the bullish scenario is $3,200. So we're talking over a 50X from here. Not bad. And obviously Van Eck, they're not crypto natives, right? They're more TradFi, so they're typically a lot they more conservative. Like projections, right? They have their modeling that they value things on. So Exactly. But when I see these sorts of things, especially like when Standard Chartered made that prediction on Bitcoin, it was 100K by 2024 oh, yeah. or by the end of 2024. They're typically quite conservative, right? Yeah. Because they kind of have to be because these things come back to bite them if they're not. So obviously they've got to offer a bearish perspective, but... Super interesting that they've called uh, a $3,000 Solana by 2030. 2030 is a long way away. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, well, if the market keeps growing, adoption keeps growing, the market cap distributes, right? So possible. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say expect that anytime soon. No, no. But I mean, if Solana keeps growing, keeps building, sure. I mean, Ethereum did it. So if the whole market seems to grow in an iterative sort of way, you know, you get every cycle total market cap almost doubles mm -hmm. it's not unreasonable that would be over double ethereum's all-time high current all-time high what no. if ethereum ends up at 20k no 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 it would like all-time high from last cycle which was that i oh, don't know no, but we're talking about ethereum will put in a new high oh yeah this, yeah. this year too. yes 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 next year you think you think, you think we think yeah. sorry saved it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool another news uh this is a good one so prepping for the etf google's loosened some restrictions on crypto ads so Specifically, it's pertaining to crypto coin trusts, which they've defined as investment vehicles that allow investors to trade shares in trusts. So ETF. So yeah, okay. It, yeah. It's basically saying by the January the 29th, the new policy will come into act. 
And, um, you know, we've all just been trying to, like, look through however many magnifying glasses we can to try and triangulate when this ETF is coming. So, Google's prepped for the end of January. So, mm. it could be before that still, who knows? But, yeah. you know, these guys obviously want to be prepared. Absolutely. I know working at SwiftX, working in the marketing department, like Google Ads, and because they own YouTube as well, uh, we've never been able to run ads for each, either of those platforms. I think we still can, mate. Yeah, we still can't. So, like, it's, yeah, it it's, it's obviously still baby steps. Like, we're not yeah. an ETF. So, yeah. they've still got pretty strict restrictions in, yeah. in terms of, like, exchanges and other things. They've got some weird loophole where, like, if you're offering CFDs on crypto, you can do it. Yeah. So, like, eToro and stuff, able to kind of sneak through that loophole. But... Yeah, I think it'll be a matter of time before, you know, everything's allowed, right? Uh, yeah, you'd think so, because it's money that it's they're It's trending in that direction, on. right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. there's huge amounts of money for them and to make. They can advertise sports betting. I mean, come on. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, good point. Uh, just to finish up, I thought we might be still a bit early on this, but I thought we'd just do a little bit of a temperature check with each other. Uh-huh. Do, do you have FOMO yet? I've got to be honest, I have a little bit of FOMO. Yeah. Like I see, especially when people start talking about, you know, showing me their portfolios, like I made 50K on this coin and stuff, <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's creeping back in, it's back in. Um, so however, how do you deal with that? I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit more calculated this year, a little bit yeah. more prepared. Yep. I understand that FOMO got me burnt in, in some scenarios last time, so I'm, I'm doing my best to learn Any from stories that. stories you want to share? Um... Yeah, I guess following just like YouTube influencers yeah. who are obviously getting paid by a lot of these projects to promote their token. So or they have the token themselves. Or they have the tokens they want to on their, their bags. Yeah. So I got burnt in a lot of those situations. Well, yeah. not a lot. I think it was one where literally BitBoy is like the first <laughs> crypto YouTuber I kind of came across. Yeah. Um, found out later that he's just getting paid to shield all these projects. So that was probably my eye-opening moment. Yeah. But in terms of FOMO and how I deal with it, uh, I would say that... I'm not trying to ape into heaps of coins. Like I want okay. to keep my portfolio pretty concise, mm -hmm. you know, find good projects and don't kind of get distracted outside of that. Yep. Find good projects, have conviction about those projects and then dollar cost average into those. Oh, that's good. Obviously, there might be some opportunities where, you know, I want to kind of have a punt with, you know, 1% of my portfolio and go into a on meme a, on coin. A bonk. On a bonk or whatever is the next meme coin. Those opportunities will present itself and I'm fine to kind of give up a percent of my uh, portfolio to okay. potentially lose that um, for a bit of fun and maybe, you know, some big returns, right? Yeah. But yeah, just trying to keep it concise and, and keep convicted about those coins that I do own and, and like. That's a good plan. I like that. It's it's similar to mine in the sense that I've last cycle had too many coins. Yeah. I know Ben Simpsons, we've talked about this on previous podcasts yep. with their team as well. Like it's a pretty common thing they see. So if you, ha if you do this, you're one of many. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, like I've stuck to probably three to four. That's mm -hmm. like my main plays and knowing that if the market trends, they're going to trend in the right direction and I'm not going to touch it, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also have a similar sort of ethos, like I'm not going to miss in a bonk. Uh, yeah. I'm going to have a bit of capital there to deploy. So. Yeah. Can I ask, outside of Bitcoin or Ethereum, are you able to give us a little bit of insight into one of your coins that you're, you're strong on? Yeah, I literally just got Solana. Um, I surprisingly took a, a punt on Polkadot, mm -hmm. thinking about interoperability potentially being a big play this cycle, yep. and that could help with that. I think, yeah, Say is is probably my next one. So, SEI, yep. um, just through my own research I've done on that one, um, I'm just speculating that's going to do quite well. It's mm -hmm. still not a major portion of my portfolio, but it's like one that I'm punting on to do quite well, or done my research to expect it to do quite well, just because of the team that's behind it, the capital 
that's backing it, yep. um, the problem that it's solving. Huge yeah. community as well. Huge community as well. And I, I would rather invest core investments into infrastructure plays just because mm-hmm. I've seen that time and time again play out quite well. Yep. Um, another one I've also just looked at too is um, Arbitrum as a layer two. Yep. So I just, again, same sort of looking into that project too. So It's interesting because I, I hold a bit of Arb as well. Mm. And we've talked about it before, like we see layer twos as one of the big kind of narratives, or we did at least. Yep. Um, hasn't played out just yet, uh, which is interesting. It seems to like more focus on, you know, some of those other layer ones. Like yep. obviously we talk about Solana yes. and AVAX and yep. all those ones. And then the ETH ecosystem hasn't really had its run up yet. Yeah. Even though there's a ton of volume and a ton of activity on some of those layer twos. Yeah. Um, Arbitrum, Optimism, the main two, obviously. So do you think that narrative will play out? It's no one knows, right? Yeah. But I just know from the way it has performed in the past. Like it's not out of the question. Mm. Yes, I'd be disappointed if it didn't perform as yeah. well as something else. But I think that's the thing. Like we're talking about FOMO exactly. Like you're going to be chasing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I've put an amount in there that I'm happy to say that that is an investment I'm happy to track with as the market goes. And like a big thing for me when I do choose a token or a coin, I do like to look for new narrative biases. So yeah. like, is layer two going to be a big part of Ethereum working? Mm. To me, it's a yes. Absolutely. Um, will Ethereum just end up being out of the top 10? I think not. So, yeah. you know, I still think the opportunity is still there for me from what I initially scoped. But look, I mean, if I have to shift, I probably would, but it would take a lot of things not moving for me to have to shift that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And we're talking about the price of Arbitrum and Optimism yes. right now. We're not talking about anything else. Well, we saw Optimism just flew out the gate. Yeah, Optimism had a, had a bit of a run this week. So never know, mate. Yeah. Again, because, you know, I was talking about looking at things against their Bitcoin valuations. Like, yeah, like, look at this. It's just been constantly down. So it's got a long, long way to go for it. It starts to show, I guess, a bit of strength. Got to think as well, they didn't airdrop. And typically after airdrops, you know, people get essentially free coins. Yeah. Often we'll sell those to cash in on some profits. So right. I think Arbitrum's probably still in that stage where people are going to start accumulating it. Yeah, Absolutely. So, you know, we're seeing it sort of come up from its initial sell-off since that airdrop. So, you know, it was at one stage down 53%, but now we're sitting at 34 from yep. the highs. So, again, once this thing get, reaches the highs, it's in price discovery. That's usually when they become really volatile. Yep. Um, so, we shall see. We shall see indeed. Man, I think that was a good one. There's a, a lot we unpacked. Not much news, but just bit, general market. Yeah, just a bit of back and forth combo. Yeah. I like it. That's what we should do more of. That's it. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you like this kind of style we take. Also, make sure to go check out the YouTube channel. Like everything that Pav's talking about it in terms of charts and all the news articles we bring up, you can actually see them and, and get a bit more of a feel for what we're talking about. So please check it out. Leave a comment, chuck us a like, subscribe, or do all that jazz. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 